0: Hello, hello everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar. Welcome back to another episode of SaaS District. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how to automate your lead generation using LinkedIn, as well as how a company bootstrap Expandy.io to 6 million ARR in 18 months. Today, we have our guest, Stefan Smulders, joining us. Stefan is a SaaS entrepreneur, Forbes business console, and a father of a five-year-old son. He's the co founder of Expandy.io, a cold outreach automation tool that helps B2B marketers and agencies to automate their lead generation efforts on LinkedIn. It's completely bootstrapped SaaS, where his team grew up from zero to six million AR in 18 months, which we'll talk about today. So, welcome, Stefan. Super excited to have you on the SaaS District Show today. Yeah,
1: thanks for the warm introduction, and I'm uh, happy to be a guest. Of your show as a fan myself, so I'm really excited and looking forward to have a nice conversation with
0: you, Gil. Thank you, thank you. I love it. Love having uh, people who listen to the show also be uh, a guest. We've had quite a few, so that's that's great. Um, Stefan, I want I want to dive into some of the changes. You know, recent changes have happened with you know LinkedIn's policies, their algorithms. They've you know it's been a big change for a lot of people and agencies who I've spoken with, um, and you know entire campaigns and marketing strategies where they reduce the amount of connection requests. Right? I think you previously. You're able to send out 100 per day, and now they've dropped out to 100 per week. So just from a numbers perspective, you know that makes a big difference. Um, have you seen any other changes in the market, whether from you know Google Google algorithms, you know LinkedIn, um, you know all, all these other companies, you know doubling down, and making things harder to automate some of these higher volume outreach? And how has that affected the results of maybe some of the sales teams you guys are working with?
1: Yeah, let's uh, let's be honest. You, you you start straight away with one of the most interesting. And hot the questions at the moment. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, indeed, we all uh, uh, face some challenges on LinkedIn since uh, somewhere around mid-March from this year. Uh, Let's be honest, the platform is growing really, really fast with almost 750, uh, even 800 million active users on on the platform, right? Mm -hmm. And LinkedIn's number one problem, that's actually the spam. And um, instead of uh, fighting with all these 3rd party apps, which are tons of them out there on the market, um, will make less sense for LinkedIn because we always will pop up with um, another version or we prepare ourselves to align with all the changes. So what they are actually doing to reduce the spam and before people are leaving the platform is that they go and double down on bringing in some extra restrictions. And for most of the people who are using LinkedIn for a long time, it was making easy money, right? It it, it it was, you built your playbook, you run a simple sales navigator search, you drop an X amount of people in the campaign. And if your client was actually complaining, then the only easy thing to do was just adding more people on top of the funnel. <laughs> and then there was always be an outcome. And since mid-March, it's uh, a bit of a difference. People stuck and everybody was a bit of in panic. LinkedIn is cracking down, my agency uh, needs to be closed, I cannot move forward anymore. But I think on the long run, it's maybe the best decision LinkedIn could make. Because all the weekends they will leave the platform, they will go to email, they will try again. They have to do a mass outreach. But actually, we all have to stop with the spray-and-pray approaches. I think all the inboxes are put over with tons and tons of messages and requests from people which make, at the end, less sense because of, for example, a bad targeting. So LinkedIn is not cracking down. It's actually a good thing, in my opinion. The only thing is that we have to do a step back and we have to try and... uh, uh, Adopt new ways to be successful on LinkedIn. And it's indeed the case that, um, along all our users on the platform, they reduce the amount of requests from 700 a week to 100. And actually, that means that we have to do a better job in the targets. If we only have 100 requests uh, 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 left per week, then we have to make sure that we Uh, target the right people with the right messaging and with the right strategies. So everybody who's open to adopt new ways to be successful on LinkedIn, uh, these people will definitely survive. It's only not the case anymore that we can keep on going with mass outreach and with spray and pray approaches. And it's very hard for a lot of people to change people's behavior because... If you are used to do outreach for many, many years, and it was making a very easy money for all the agencies out there, you have to do a, a, a better learning and find new strategies and tactics. And that will take a bit of a time. So actually, for the time being, uh, tools like Expondi, they have, of course, tons and tons of workarounds to bypass, Limits with, for example, a CSV upload, but also with free open emails to every LinkedIn profile with an open status, uh, group messaging, event messaging, and such kind of a things. But at the end, LinkedIn will also reduce most likely these kind of approaches. And then we have to make sure that in the meantime, we adopt ways to engage on a different level with people on LinkedIn.
0: Mm. So, so that makes sense. I mean, from LinkedIn's perspective, their goal is really to harness and, and double down on building a, comu- a community and a way to network, right? And I mean, people hate people going to hey go networking events, where everybody's trying to spam you and sell you, right? We want to build connections, real connections. And I guess that makes sense when you're, you're adding, you know, trying to add that filter to, to filter for more quality and less quantity um, in terms of moving forward. So, I mean, what I've seen recently is set of people reaching out to me now, you know, with a request, they're using things like in so I'm getting a lot of these in of people trying to, you know, get past that, that restriction. Um, any, any other, you know, changes that you'll maybe see kind of moving forward, you know, um, of how people will start adopting and maybe trying different ways of, you know, building a better sequence and system to, to get better results and also staying, you know, yeah, genuine. One, uh, yeah, 100%. I think,
1: yeah, as you mentioned, uh, open emails to open profiles is, a very interesting way to bypass and actually straight away pitch your approach, uh, uh, group messaging. LinkedIn also has an opportunity that if you are part of the same group as your audience, then they allow you to send a message one-on-one without making connection requests. Uh, so that could be an interesting uh, 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 and helpful approach to bypass the limits in the meantime. Um, and if we analyze this situation a bit furthermore, then uh, I think everybody is familiar with the SSR called the Social Selling Index. And that actually contains four pillars. Did you ever heard about the Social uh, Selling Index or did you uh, verify uh, yourself?
0: No, I haven't. So please please do tell more. I'd love to hear.
1: Yeah, it's it's actually a an, score an, an LinkedIn provides you based on your behavior. It contains four different pilots and if I analyze a lot of profiles then you can uh, LinkedIn will give you a score between the 0 and 100 based on these four components and the people who have a bit of a high score they are most likely always uh, focused on doing outreach and then the fourth pilot building relationships has a very high score but the other three pilots which are as well important for example um, build a brand out of your uh, LinkedIn profile engage on a much more natural way with your audience um, but also create and host events on LinkedIn and I think Going double down on hosting your event on LinkedIn is actually a great opportunity to, to use that as a way to do outreach because LinkedIn wants you to only invite people you know. And it is actually quite easy on LinkedIn to host your event and they have all the features in place so that you can do it within a couple of minutes. And if you can build a lot of attendees out of your event, then that's actually the right people to follow up the month afterwards. Mm. So we tested that approach multiple times and with some really cool strategies we have in place, um, which we, of course, will share with audiences as well afterwards, uh, you can easily reach more than 1,000 attendees for your LinkedIn event. And that are actually interesting people to follow up afterwards, to engage with, to connect with, to use them to build out your uh, uh, email funnel. And um, if you already used with your SNAS, for example, to do a one-on-one demos, that's at the same time a great opportunity to pitch your approach for more than one people. Because a live event of a demo or kind of a webinar is actually a one-on-one demo, but then... You can approach it to much more people at the same time, build your brand, build an authority out of what you're doing. And um, we are going double down ourselves on hosting events on LinkedIn a consistent and more frequently based.
0: That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I started seeing that as well. Interesting. You say that I'm starting to get a lot more invites to events as well. And actually that makes perfect yeah. sense. So that's, that's awesome. I didn't even think about that. You know, us, we've never actually ran one, but I can see, you know, the value of, of doing that now instead. So I'm, I'm we're definitely going to look into it, to that. And, um, I know you did send over for so anybody listening in Stefan was generous enough to share a, a template or ebook, um, that's called prepare market launch LinkedIn events, uh, which helps you get, you know, thousand plus attendees to your LinkedIn event. So we're going to add that to the show notes. Uh, if you guys want to check that out, I think there's a super helpful content there. If you guys want to, um, you know, click on that. Um, so moving, moving on to the next phase, Stefan. So if I'm a, I'm a B2B SaaS company, right? Maybe this is my First time, uh, I want to set up an outbound engine or sequence or whatever. You know, use LinkedIn to you know reach out and build connections and, and obviously sales as in the uh, at some point and build my funnel. Um, wh- where do I get started if it's my first time? And maybe add it to that is like what questions should I be asking myself to see even if this is the right channel with me? Because I know some there's some things you want to look at like you know LTV of my my user and it, you know if it's, there's not a certain threshold and you know doing that that channels might not even be you know good for me how, how do i start
1: yeah i think uh, yeah besides the general things as optimizing your profile uh, uh it always starts with finding the right audience to to approach and to connect and to engage with what I see that a lot of people still do is running a simple sales navigator search with two filters as a job title and a location. And then they were used to just drop in as much people as they can. Um, It's a a bit of a worse targeting at the moment, especially with all the limitations and with the restrictions. So to do a much more better job in the targeting, um, you can, for example go to your LinkedIn timeline and on top of that, you see the search bar that you can fill in a an hashtag. And then you can fill in any keywords you want. For example, the one which matches the topic your audience is using. And then you can select afterwards a couple of extra filters, for example, posts or events. And then LinkedIn will pop up the events or the posts which are based on that specific keyword you filled in. And they will show the most active events or the most active posts from people who are talking about a topic similar as that specific keyword you entered. And it means that if you find, for example, a post with a lot of engagement, so actually tons of people are liking and commenting on that post, you can read in three clicks, scrape all the people who liked and comment that post into Expondi. And that that could be a really cool starting point to use these people to engage with. Mm -hmm. And then you can make a much more warmer introduction. So instead of doing actually a very cold outreach, a first name, I see uh, 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 you're working as a job title and company name, you can now make a kind of... a. a warmer introduction. But hey, I see you're also a fan of Stefan's post about this specific growth hacking topic. I like it as well. I want to learn much more. Let's uh, uh, let's learn from each other. Some, something similar. Or I see you are planning to attend the growth hacking events from uh, Stefan uh, next month. Um, what's your favorite speaker? What do you expect to to, to learn? Should we share some ideas? And then you will see that you engage with people in a much more friendly way and that people are also open to uh, give a feedback, to engage with your questions. And that's a much more better starting point to follow up from there. So I think from all the strategies and the hacks, and you can find tons and tons on our Expandi blog. Um, I think scraping people's posts, and it doesn't matter which post, it's always important that it match the business topic, or scraping events. With um, both of them, I never ever achieved a lower acceptance rate than, for example, a 60%, and with posts sometimes up to 80% uh, acceptance rate. And if you build out the sequence, everybody is used to pitch straight away uh, after connecting, right? If you receive a connection request and you accept it yourself, you can just count the minutes and the hours before somebody is attacking you with an approach that they want to sell you something. And I think that's a bit outdated and it's not working perfectly fine anymore as it was before. Mm. So... Embedding personalized GIF animations in your follow-up sequence will definitely double reply rates. I think it's fair enough to say that after accepting, if you can achieve a an, an, an reply rate of 25%, it's already a great job. But I never ever achieved a lower reply rate using GIF animations then 55% on average because you can interrupt the patterns, you can minimize the ask. And instead of approaching people straight away, you can just send a GIF animation from yourself for the, uh, with a coffee or uh, mm-hmm. just say thank you for the connection or maybe a whiteboard where you can drop in a dynamic content based on their behavior. And um, people really liked it it's different, you stand out of the crowd and uh, it will definitely help to uh, get a much more better result than uh, the approaches we were all used to use in the early days. So
0: I just want to recap this because a lot of of value bombs here. So, um, you know, the kind of takeaways I got is, you know, instead of scraping, you know, uh, general filters, which are, you know, job title, location, now we're doing, okay, let's find who are engaging with posts that are related to some of the keywords you, you want to target. And secondly is groups or sorry, events, um, which are, you know, events about, you know, which you're, you're targeting. Now you have that list. Um, and now you have, you know, more personalization, you have something to, to relate to, which is, you know, that, that event that you guys attended, or, um, you know, the post you guys both engage with or the person you follow. And then from there, you're saying you should expect, you know, somewhere between 55 to 60% Uh, connection rate and from there are you saying 25% response rate from that or let's say from 100 you should get you know 25 people uh, positive response just to clarify on that.
1: Um, Yeah after the people which accept I think uh, half of them should reply on a sequence where you use GIF Mm -hmm. animations in one of the follow-up messages.
0: Wow okay and what does uh a a good sequence look like? Maybe if you can break down kind of a strategy. Okay, connection request. We talk about this event. Uh, they accept it next GIF. Or do you have a, you know, is it an email? Is it a call? Is it a text message? Um, do, do you, have you seen something that works really well?
1: Yeah, it, it, it depends, of course, on which type of approach uh, and for which purpose you 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 want to use LinkedIn to do outreach. Is it maybe for for, for, for booking a, a demo call for your SaaS? Do you want to grow your, your uh, community and move people to there? Um, do you want to become a LinkedIn influencer or just book sales meetings? But let's say we're focusing on SaaS here in the, in yeah. the, um, how you can book a demo call for your SaaS, right? So let's say indeed the starting point is we're gonna scrape an event from people who are attending an online LinkedIn event, and uh, uh, I think. Adding some fun in the connection request that will definitely work. Yeah, so, for example, uh, you can make a joke like uh, knock knock. Now you're supposed to say who's there. Just kidding. It's uh, uh, yeah, a personalization placeholder as a first name. I uh, saw you're also a fan of uh, 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 this specific post or event about that topic. I love it too. Let's connect. And from there on, instead of approaching people straight away after the connection, you can send a um, GIF animation from yourself with uh, uh, with maybe a bottle of champagne, uh, welcome to the party. And uh, maybe two days later or one hour later, you can say, okay, it's getting pretty boring in the inbox, especially with all these massive sales pitches you get. And show them a whiteboard from yourself where you add a text like, for example, uh, Hey yo, uh, Stefan, I want to learn you some amazing tricks. How you can hack LinkedIn and use such kind of uh, GIF animations. Uh, Are you in for virtual coffee? And then we put the receiver's profile image on the GIF animation. And in an additional follow up, let me teach you how to be, I've uh, uh, been hitting a hole in one with my hyper personalization at scale through LinkedIn. Are you free for a call or for a chat uh, next Tuesday? Something similar like that. I think such a similar approach is also shared in the ebook, uh, which can mm. people find afterwards in the notes. And it's just one of them. It's filled with, with uh, definitely 10 interesting sequences. And
0: this uh, this is one of them.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah, this is
0: fantastic. So, uh, St- yeah, Stefan was also generous enough to share a, a, another ebook, which is the top 10 proven LinkedIn outreach templates. So we'll add that to the show notes and you guys can see, you know, all these beautiful campaigns. I can see that, you know, five steps, you know, 77% acceptance rates, 80% reply rate. 25% sales lead generated one week. So awesome results from some of these campaigns. So well done. Uh, well, we'll add that. I think there's, there's a lot of insights there that we can even learn from. So thank you. Um, Stefan, I want to shift gears and talk about, you know, your, your your journey, right? And how you grew your company, right? Um, you hit over 6 million AR, less than 18 months and fully bootstrapped. Um, can you share with us, you know, what, what worked best for you guys when you built your product, what were you know, in the initial stages, How did you guys get your first few clients? And then from there, what's been your your best marketing growth channels to scale that quickly after that?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, to be honest, a small introduction here. I was an agency owner myself. And with two left hands and one Excel sheet, it was very challenging for me to scale my agency. And therefore, I thought, let's search for some tools which can automate some repetitive tasks on LinkedIn. Beside the fact that I found tons and tons of tools, most of them were Chrome extended. Uh, I was using profiles of C-level decision makers. They were always scared to lose their profiles due to LinkedIn. Uh, And and it was a hard thing to to scale accounts using Chrome extensions because as soon as my wife is calling me, Stefan, it's time for dinner, (laughs) all these Chrome extensions will stop. And it's a very tricky thing because LinkedIn gets them very easily. And with some of these points in mind, I could not scale my agency. And actually from frustration, I shared this with my technical co-founder, Glenn. Um, and he said, let's just build our own tool. Let's." focus actually on the main thing, the main pain point people have that's a burst around uh, bans and restrictions, especially a couple of years ago. So we built expanding cloud-based with a very intelligent architecture and a lot of safety measures so that it is almost uh, uh, um, at least very difficult for LinkedIn to 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 shoot such kind of things down. And we built in all the features I need for agency perspective to manage a multiple accounts. So that was actually the born of Xpondi. And Glenn promised me at that time point, Stefan, within three months, you have a better, you can test it, you can play around with it yourself. And we all know from developers that such things will take a bit longer. So at the end, after six months, he provided me with a tool, which I could use to pivot with to uh, find out. And from that point on, I thought let's just search for people who are using, for example, IP tracking softwares like Cross Lead Forensics, because I know from the past that it's nice to see who's visiting your website, but all these people are struggling with what's actually the best way to follow uh, 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 people who are on your website. So I thought, okay, that could be, a great opportunity for them to approach them straight on LinkedIn. And in that beta period, I used a tool like BuildWit. I scraped in the Netherlands a lot of websites which were using such kind of an IP tracking software. Um, But at that time point, it was very easy to make appointments with these marketing managers. But in these calls, I found out that it was a hard thing. I, I first... And they were, they were not in love for LinkedIn. They were open to use it, but they were not that used. They, After I solved that, I need to uh, to sell automation. So it took a very long time in such a circle to let them believe that LinkedIn was a great opportunity. And after one week, they came back. Stefan, it's really liked the approach, but what I actually have to send, what's converting, they are only telling about themselves. I booked more than 300 appointments and we used these people to give us a feedback on the tool. And the outcome of that was that it was nice for them, but they were struggling with what to send. And the main reason for that was that they were not used how to approach people on LinkedIn. They never used actually automation. So I thought if I want to scale this, I don't need to focus on this audience because it's, it's, it's a very hard thing to do such such amount of demo calls, taking one hour per call. So I did a step back from that point on and I thought I actually have to find new Stephans, people who are already in love at LinkedIn, people who are using automations. I've tested out all the tools out there myself so I know all the pros and the cons in comparing to what we've built. So I believe at a time point that we really could bring some additional value to the table. Not only in terms of features, but also in terms of reliability. We are operating on a platform where LinkedIn is not that amused with all these third-party apps. And if you are managing one profile, it really doesn't care for you who is behind that software. It charges you $99 and it only has to work. But if you're an agency owner and you're using tons and tons of profiles, it becomes more and more important for yourself to know who's behind that software. Eh? Because it's a bit of a gray space, then you want to know with who you're doing business. So I used these kind of learnings and we prepared in Global Lounge. And I thought, okay, if Bill Gates really want to catch me, he will definitely find me. So it made no sense for me at all to hide myself. And I wanted to build a community, a a lot of trust in a gray space. So I thought, let's use myself as a brand of expanding, where we show ourselves, where we create a, a lot of valuable content. Because that was one missing piece in this space. Everybody is talking, especially the providers, about what they can do. We have this feature, we have that feature, we have everything. But nobody is educating you on how to use these kind of tools to be successful on LinkedIn, with templates, with strategies, with hacks. So that's what we did. We only focused on agencies, on growth marketers. So actually people who are already in love with LinkedIn, who are using automation, but with a very interesting um, content distribution, we used in the beginning our own tool to build out really interesting hacks where we scraped, Uh, communities and social channels from our competitors, convert them to LinkedIn profiles, uh, uh, upload them in Expandi and build out sequences where we ask them for uh, feedback. And all the great results we got from them, we, we wrote... Kind of an in-depth and step-by-step guide, kind of a blog articles where we connect the dots, where we explained how we did it, which templates we use, we put in real results with real LinkedIn messages we showed there and replies from people. And we start distributing that content. And especially in the beginning, because we did not even add a penny to do a paid advertisement or traditional marketing. So we need to be very creative. And we use my LinkedIn profile these days to distribute a content. So for example, I did a post on my LinkedIn profile, LinkedIn outreach is dead, nobody's replying to messages. But if you want to achieve a 70% acceptance rate and book 40 appointments a week on average, uh, just leave a comment and I will drop you over and guide and then we made a GIF animation of the guide that people really saw that it was a, a, a real thing. And then we scraped with expanding all the photos with the comments and we uh, approached these people to send over the decks. We put some small retargeting on that. And people were immediately in love with these kinds of approaches. We distributed that on places where we thought our audiences were at that time point, let's say indie hackers, growth hackers. Uh, we did a lot of zest on Core. And it was a lot of manual effort. We dropped in some growth hacking Facebook groups, the same content. We asked people to give a comment. And then our team was manually following up all these people and sent over the decks and the guides. And um, we got a lot of traction from from these activities in the beginning. So we use LinkedIn uh, in the beginning to promote the posts. We used engagement posts to create tons of awareness tools at that time point, like Lampod, to get a lot of traction on each post in the beginning. And sometimes we achieved 160K, 200K views per post and thousands of people who were commenting. And we um, were a part of a lot of growth, growth Facebook groups where we did actually the same. And that helped us to get a lot of traction, to find our market fit, to uh, build out a bit of a more awareness. And still until now, it's our main lead generator to, uh, to create content and build out an inbound strategy. Our blog has, for example, more than 55, 60K unique readers per month. So we generate a lot of inbound uh, traffic based on all the hacks, the tactics, and the strategies we, uh, we do.
0: A quick note from our sponsors today, and we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by ContentFi.co, a premium podcast editing and repurposing agency for busy content creators just like you. Are you spending too much time editing your podcast? And end up with no time to stay on top of also publishing, sharing, reaching new listeners, while also staying ahead of the latest podcasting trends? Don't worry, ContentFi has you covered. You no longer need to worry about spending hours editing and repurposing anymore. Just record your content and they handle the rest. ContentFi is an end-to-end podcast editing and repurposing agency to help you grow your podcast by editing and repurposing quickly, easily, easily and reliably to share all over your social networks. And if you haven't even noticed, I also use them for the SaaS District Podcast. So join other busy content creators just like you and me and start saving time and money while you grow your podcast show. Visit contentfi.co to learn more today. And what, just to kind of clarify on that uh, that post, you know, in the initial phases where we were really promoting it on your LinkedIn, you mentioned uh, a tool, Lampost. What was it though? one to get engagement? Uh,
1: <coughs> yeah, Lampost. Yeah, at that time point, we use Lampost. Uh, uh, if you want, I can send over the whole growth hack, the exact strategy, the templates we use, how you connect the dots, how you use Lampost, how you do follow up, uh, because we have a lot of... Um, playbooks created for these kind of a strategies so that you can execute it yourself uh, the right way.
0: Yeah, that, that would be good. And, and do you remember, like, did you guys spend a lot of time you know, developing just one really, really good post and then just, you know, a lot of time uh, on the, you know, generating buzz and getting the word out? Or is it, you know, constantly just creating content and then, you know, every week, you know, publishing just to, you know, help people with that.
1: Yeah. Have your time. Um, yeah, The only thing we did is no, uh, try to create no fluffy content because there, there's too much out there uh, in the space. So every time we created a playbook or a blog or whatever, a piece of content, let's call it like that, we never published one article where we did not execute ourselves successfully that strategy. So only if we were able to got the exact results as we described in the playbooks, that was one of the requirements we made for ourselves. Okay, if that's not the case, then we're not going to publish it. If we can't make it ourselves, then it's not good enough. And we always made sure that in the content, we have a very clear structure, the how, the why, We put in how you connect the dots, the templates, the exact templates we use, and also the results with real screens, with uh, real statistics. So that people really saw that we executed it ourselves and we tested it 100% before we
0: start distributing it. That makes sense. And uh, I'm just looking at some of these on your blog right now and I can see how detailed some of these these articles are. So you only share when it becomes successful, right? You're not sharing any of the failed experience. I'm sure, you know, you have maybe 10 articles and you probably have, you know, hundreds you can write of some, some failed stuff you guys done as well. Right. Is there anything you can share that, you know, hasn't
1: worked well? Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, it's always the hardest part to, to, to find the audience. And especially if you find not the right audience to get some traction or to not split test, uh, with an AB test, your approach, um, and I think we we could do a better job in uh, split testing. Mm-hmm. So, for example, on the same audience, use different kinds of approaches to see which one converts better, um, instead of adding all the people to one campaign. And that's what we did too much in the beginning. And I should uh, definitely recommend to everybody who wants to do uh, 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 active outreach on LinkedIn, always test different approaches on the same audience. So kind of an A, B test, and split test. And uh, I think that's one of the main learnings. I should strongly recommend to try to avoid that as much to uh, just approach the same audience with with, with one sequence. Nice.
0: Test, test, test. I love A/B testing. Yeah, same audience and just you know yeah. test different messaging sequences, content, see what what works, and then follow the data. Yeah, love it. Um, in terms of just understanding, you know, moving towards kind of the, the personal and more rapid fire questions, Stefan. Um, you know, your ba- past background, you built a company called you know Lead Express. And then you mentioned you know, how you you moved into you know generating expandy as a problem that you were facing, right, yourself, and you wanted to find. more mm-hmm. Stefan's were were struggling. Um, you know, going forward, just if you can tell us what's your plan for expansion and how do, how do you see kind of next steps?
1: Yeah, it's um, definitely the most interesting journey for myself uh, uh, I'm in so far. It's very exciting, um, especially the hyper growth in the beginning where we uh, sometimes grow more than 70k MRR per per month. Um, but I got also a lot of learnings. I'm did it together with my two co-founders. We are hardworking guys. We have a lot of skills. And these skills brought us where we are right now. But I also see that our new challenges coming in. It's a total different story to bring the company from this revenue to multiply it from here four times. Right. If I look in the mirror, I need to be honest as well. I now i'm a founder i'm a growth marketer i'm not that structured and everything comes now down to organization to uh, processes, processes to uh, a lot of uh, yes yeah, such kind of things to 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 uh, find better people to have a great hiring process to make the current employees and colleagues better we came from um uh, amateur niveau on the football level and now we are playing for example semi-final champions league right so <laughs> and and i think that it's interesting but it's also for me as a founder a bit of a challenge and we are for a crossover ourselves as well now where we say okay what's what what we we want to do the market potential is still so fucking huge How can we get advance of that? How can we get the most out of this? And, And I think it needs to be something in the direction where we do a step back as a founders ourselves and let more great people enter the company to manage the routines, to build systems in place and to build out the company on an organization level. Because that are skills we don't there are much there are much more people who can do a better job than we can do ourselves here. And I think um, if we can if we can work on that, maybe together with people who can help us, that can maybe with other companies who can bring value uh, to us. But that's I think in this whole journey, one of the most interesting, Phases, right? Because we face challenges, and six months ago, I did not even know that they should come, or not even that they were exist. Right. And uh, it's kind of a transition where you in. That's, yeah, that's how I feel it a bit. Maybe in in transition, I don't want to miss it, but it's it fell, feels sometimes a bit like marathon, right? We we mm-hmm. we worked uh, our asses off. We. We did a lot of things to came here and now we are here. Okay. How can we become even better and even bigger? And how can we structure all these things? And um, we have to find that in a uh, level of the, 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 the organization.
0: No, that's, that's fair. And I think that's a, that's a very sound advice of, you know, looking internally and understanding where you're, where you like to operate, right? Not everybody likes to, I mean, even if you can may say you can possibly continue to grow and, um, you know, build and build those systems and processes. But, you know, as uh, sometimes entrepreneurs, we like the phase of building and hitting, you know, the first few clients and validating and, you know, getting that growth phase, but yeah. we don't like, you know, the structure of then, you know, as where it's very, uh, you know, more political and, and, you know, <laughs> right. So th- that's fair. I mean, you know, there is nobody's forcing you to keep yeah. running it that way. So that's, that's, that's great that you can see that. Um, do you remember, you know, when you first started, so obviously this was like, okay, I want to s- solve a problem for myself here. Um, it's, it's, I want to save me time, my agency, and, you know, be able to grow my company. And then you built the solution and then, you know, find all these other people who are also interested. Did you have a vision at that time of like, okay, now we have a, a product here, people want it. And this is what we see of where we want to take it. Um, or has that changed over time to where you are today? It's like, okay, you know, uh, you know how you, how you look at it.
1: That was a bit in the beginning, um, a bit of a... Of a uh... Of a high risk investment from 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 our side because it, it's 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 not illegal it's not forbidden by law but it's a bit of a tricky thing with LinkedIn especially at that time point when we start building this uh, this tool and that's what I mean with a bit of a higher risk profile right and um, at that time point we did not have a long term plan hmm. because. We thought, okay, if we can be here for one year and we can get as much out of it as we uh, 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 as we can wish ourselves, then we already did a great job. But along the way, I saw that maybe that's not common anymore that LinkedIn will kick our asses because it's a love-hate relationship. We survived a lot of things, a lot of changes, a lot of attacks from different corners and areas. And it's... Also, not in LinkedIn's interest to bring these tools down because at the end, 20% of LinkedIn's income is coming from sales nav subscriptions. Right. And um, nobody, not using automation, uh, will buy a sales nav subscription. Uh, that's one thing. The other thing is if they crack these tools down, uh, if they will bring all these providers to court, we extend, we extend because we have the money as well. And then... After an X amount of time, we say, okay, sorry, LinkedIn, and we pop up tomorrow with Baitpandy because we own the technology. Mm. So that will not solve LinkedIn's main problem. So along the way, it gives me a lot more trust that we can build out a business here, which will maintain on a long time as well. Um, so now we have a bit of a more and clear vision for how we want to move on with the company, how we can make it more reliable. And we want to spend a lot of energy, time and money and build out our organization because it seems that we are here to stay. And for example, we, uh, due to all the changes on LinkedIn, we work our asses off for the last four months to build a more representative tool, which is in line with actually what LinkedIn wants you to do. It's based on the social selling index. You can do instead of only uh, approaching people, you can engage on a much more natural way with that version. You can uh, promote your events with a lot of great features. You can post content. You can um, use email because we have a native email integration in that version as well. So Slowly, we are not depending that much anymore on only sending connection requests and boring uh, sequences. You can slowly use expandi also for your email outreach, also to engage with people, to scrape data, to post data on LinkedIn. And... Um, We will help you to become a much more better user. So we're focusing on building out an academy where we educate people to be successful on LinkedIn. And you can tell me whatever you want, but uh, making people better users on LinkedIn, that can definitely never be a bad thing, also not for LinkedIn. At the end, we want the same. We also not want people to spam. Uh, We also don't want people in our software we use it as a spray and a pray uh, approaches we do mass outreach so at the end we on the same page as linkedin we want to achieve exactly the same just automate these boring and repetitive tasks so that people can focus on building out and thinking about strategy so i think among the way it's changed from maybe kind of an an, an, an monthly vision and, and, and surviving mode to mm-hmm. designing an approach where we accept that automation will be a part of the future of LinkedIn. And how can we adopt and align with actually what LinkedIn you want to be? Mm. Um so yeah so I should say that's 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 uh that's a 180 degree change in comparing to how we thought and we started this.
0: Yeah, just just about survival, paying the bills and getting some some money out of the solution. Uh, versus now you yeah, got, yeah lo- I love the academy you yeah. guys built. Um, yeah, it's just not the LinkedIn outreach tool. You have the email, the smart sequences, which I think is genius to build out your whole campaign. Um so I, I love it. you know how much you're investing back into you know holistic approach of solving the, the problem now. So uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, and, and then shifting kind of uh, you know, rapid fire questions. Um, what's uh, one piece of advice you wish you had known and would tell maybe, let's say you're a 25 year old self, you can go back in time and, and give that advice. Things
1: never have to be perfect to go to market. I think if you have an ID and you're building out an MVP and it will definitely make more sense to already start finding people who can use it and build a community around these people because these people will definitely be your ambassadors. They will become your army if they can give a feedback, if they can help you moving forward. And if they see you are solving and you're doing your best to make things better. And when I was 25, I always thought things have to be perfect. It has, I can't go to market with my ideas, with things, if the website is not 100%, if the tool is not working uh, 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 smooth and seamless. And I saw now that uh, maybe it's also because we were bootstrapped. We did not even have the money to spend. We needed to be creative. But I think this is one of the most interesting learnings for myself that things not have to be perfect to go to market. You have to find out uh, and 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 get a feedback from your audience and and um, to see if there is a fit. and um, yeah, I should definitely use the knowledge now mm. in, in these terms, uh, uh, if I could change it in the early days.
0: Yeah. speed speed over perfection, yeah, I love it. it's very easy. you know the the fear kind of grasp of, you know, you're hiding, you want to be perfect and you don't want to reveal yourself until, uh, you know, everything is, is, is as, as hope as you hope. But yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, so you mentioned one challenge, you know, about, you know, trying to decide, you know, you know, how to take the business kind of forward. Uh, is there any, maybe some other biggest challenge you're currently facing that you find that would help you to, to continue to grow? Meaning is there anything that keeps you up at night these days?
1: Um, <clears throat> Uh, along the road, um, yeah, there are a couple of things which which uh, uh, give <laughs> me headaches uh, in the night. Uh, and in the beginning, that 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 were, that was the, the a bit of a scary thing for LinkedIn. Uh, afterwards, the changes, uh, but now I think it's more in 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 the organization. Um, mm-hmm to, uh, to uh, prepare myself mentally together with my uh, great co-founders to uh, do a step back and to, uh, to adopt new ways to grow the company mm-hmm. with new knowledge and great people who are entering. But I also have to be honest that... Uh, it's a bit of a hard for myself to to, to do that. I'm I, I found out that I'm not an I'm not a CEO, mm. not a director. Um, so if I look what makes me happy, that's that's the growth marketing part. That's engaging with people. That's doing that hosting events, telling my story, building out a brand. But definitely not managing the organization. So what keeps me awake uh these days is okay, how can with which kind of a people and with which kind of a help we can make the next uh the next step to achieve uh, a great results again with uh, with this amazing company.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, Stefan who or what are maybe some of the best three resources can, this can be books it can be people or you know mentors or people you follow in the space who you can attribute to who said, who helped you become uh, instrumental to your success for these last few years
1: I, I, I don't read a lot of books myself to uh, to be honest but but uh, I really like to be practical and therefore I read a lot of tactics and Strategies which I can use myself. I think one of the main um, channels which I used to get a lot of ideas and creativity is the uh, growth hackers. Uh, there are people publish a lot of valuable content. So I think it's maybe not fair enough to, to just mention someone, but it's full with Great people with with, with great ideas. Um, among the road, I build out a great friendship with with, uh, for example, Houston Golden from from Benf, uh, Media. He has a great background in uh, in road. I learned a lot from um, another good friend. He's from Ukraine. He was one of the the, the initiators from Lempot. It's uh, Ilya Zofchev. Um and especially in the beginning, they gave me a lot of ideas and insights, uh, and they were also constantly sharing some valuable content about uh, how you can grow hack the systems and uh, uh, execute some really cool things. So I think both of them were really valuable for me uh, during this uh, amazing journey.
0: Yeah, I'm familiar with Banff. I know their journey when they first started, and they've done a great job. And also know Amelia Chagas over, you know, now at Growth Hacker is running the the business there. She's done it. She's done a great job of helping build that community. Um, so yeah, very very good resources. We'll add to the show notes for people to check out as well, um, Stefan. So what does success mean to you today? Whether that's personally, business, financially, life. Uh, no right answer. How do you how do you define that?
1: Yeah, if you if you start a, a business like this, then um, yeah, people see only the nice the nice things if if it, if it is a success. But the chance, if you're honest, that that it will be is is actually very small. Mm-hmm. People don't see that you suffer, that you have to uh, sacrifice, that you have to give a thousand percent to 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 uh, make a lot of extra things to be where you are right now. And I should say that at that time point, you think money is a, is a, is a very important thing, right? And it will make everybody's life easier. But since I was lucky to become a dad of uh, now a five-year-old son, I, he, he, he started playing football a couple months ago. And to be with him on the pitch, and see enjoying him a football match that actually makes me much more happier. And if I just feel straight in the heart, then I should say uh, these things: spend time together, build friends with your son or with your kids. That's that's what it is all about. It, yeah. Mm.
0: Love it. So that's a uh, quality time with, and you know, joy that it brings yeah. with that. So that's awesome. I, I agree. Um, Stefan, this has been a fantastic interview. Uh, once again, I'll just mention these, these two links uh, for people to check out giveaways Stefan has been generous to give. So we got one ebook about the top strategies to promote your next event and generating over a thousand attendees which we'll add to the show notes. And then the other ones in ebook around the top 10 LinkedIn outreach templates from some of the top influencers. So uh, Stefan, where can founders get in touch with you, learn more about you, or they just want to say hi if they want to learn more?
1: Yeah, um, people can, can connect with me uh, on Twitter, for example. I think my name is uh, Stefan, uh, smeldos.stefan. I'm very active at the moment on, uh, on Twitter, so I drop in some uh, some really interesting uh, threads uh, where I also try to share as much value about outreach on LinkedIn, templates, sequences, IDs uh, uh um, learning so i think that's that's the most easiest way to engage with me it's also fine to shoot me a message to connect with me on the facebook for example i'm very active in the facebook messenger as well and uh, otherwise just shoot me an email stephan at uh, xfundy.io and uh, i will make sure that i uh, will answer personal as soon as as possible
0: thank you thank you so much Stefan. really appreciate you jumping on the assesstry show today
1: it was a pleasure to be here. I really enjoyed it. and uh, I'm looking forward to how this episode will come along.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you all for watching this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to like, subscribe and hit the bell for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SAS industry. If you're a SAS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at horizon capital and myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals if you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast please comment down below and help us improve our content for you all thanks again and see you on the next one